Is it? Very nice. I don't know. Why? You don't know. Well, this... You see this light here? Yes. It's, um... It's troubling. Because it's soon to be hot. It's the portent. It's the, um... Harbinger. The harbinger of doom. The harbinger of things to come. Now, the things to come, Diane, they're not all bad things. No, no. Many of them are delightfully good. Like our house right now. So bright and happy. But this, what I would call unpleasant light, does lovely things to this in here. Yes. When it hits these lovely things. Yes, it does. Yes. So there's that going on. It usually isn't there very long. What's that? It usually isn't there very long. Yeah, that's true. Right. This is kind of the worst part of it. Is this this is right right here. now? Oh. Hey, you know what? What? It's nine forty-one a.m. Saturday, April the twenty-ninth, twenty twenty-three. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane. <laughs> Yes. That's right. It's been a... What's it been, Diane? It's been a... It's been a diverse and, uh, shall I say, quiet week here in Lake Abundance. Don't you think? It has been, but for me it's been a healing week. A healing week, yes. Diane has been experiencing the healing powers of... Acupuncture. Well, I've had acupuncture before. This is not the first time yeah. that I've ventured down this path. Yes. Uh, I had it after I had been hit by a car as a pedestrian and had a huge hematoma that wouldn't go away. And my uh, naturopath at the time recommended me to get acupuncture. And man, that... <coughs> It really resolved it. Not immediately. It's it's like anything. It takes some time. But but it was quite fascinating to participate in acupuncture at that time. Um, I know a lot of people might be like, oh my God, needles, you know. <laughs> but it isn't, um, it isn't anything like what you expect. Uh, anyway, I've been having a problem called de Quervain's tenosynovitis, Whoa. which is, uh, it's that the tendons that run through your wrist into your forearm just get too enlarged or something, I think. And so, they get so that they, they're, they're surrounded by a sheath and so they get kind of inflamed and, um, and so I had this, I actually had the concept that I might um, try acupuncture and I looked looked up to see whether it could be helped by this because I've been struggling with this for about a month and it's uh, it, it has been pretty bad at times oh. um, it really debilitates your hand it's my right hand um, and interestingly there was an article in the NIH 
um, the NIH publications that were saying that it uh, that acupuncture was a really good solution for this problem. Mm-hmm. So I went in this week, had a couple of sessions, one the day before yesterday and one yesterday, and it's helping. It's not a magic bullet, you know, it doesn't just say, oh, I've had two sessions and now it's gone. It's, but it's, I can feel that it's loosening up the issue. As with many of the, the practices that, that we are involved in in healing, it's slower, but it's getting to a root rather than just covering up the... It's not just dealing with the symptoms, it's dealing with yeah. the problem itself, yeah. So those things do take time because your body has to respond to the stimulation that it gets from the acupuncture, and that is not an immediate thing. And I tried out a new acupuncturist to be, we know of one through work, but, and the one that I went to long ago has since moved, so she was wonderful. But I found this uh, place that is not too far from us, and, um, basically doesn't go through insurance and has a sliding scale for for people and that is pretty much what we need right now because medicare is funky (laughs) well um about things like that so yeah even if you i mean it's so weird it's sort of like even if you get it it has to be somebody who takes medicare but naturopaths and acupuncturists don't take medicare so you just feel like what the heck yeah (laughs) It's it's a catch twenty two type of situation. Yeah, what people don't realize about insurance is that yeah they might cover your stuff, but your doctor is not making any money. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's how they how they are able to cover our expenses is by not paying out to the physicians. Yeah, you know, or only doing bare legal minimum that they have to if they have to at all. And, it's, uh, and it's that's a, why a lot of, like my mom's doctor stopped taking Medicare patients because he just didn't want to have to deal with all the It's a huge amount of paperwork. Bureaucracy. Yeah, because, you know, insurance companies have learned how to do this, you know, so that they their whole business is to take our money and not give it to anybody else. <laughs> you know, it's, it's anyway, a, this... This is a great concept that this person has come up with that actually is, uh, they do it in China, that they have a community center where people can just, you don't have your own little room and all that. You, you're in a room once you get needled up or whatever you want to call that, um, pinned up or whatever they do. Um, you're just in a room with a couple of other people, but you fall asleep anyway. So everybody's asleep in this room. And um, it's just really an interesting, um, to my mind, it's an interesting structure that they that he is doing that is based on another structure from another country yeah. that worked and made it affordable for people who would not be able to afford it otherwise. Right. I hope that more and more of medical practice moves in that direction, you know, uh, kind of a what-can-you-afford basis, because uh, it seems more humane, at least, than this system of 
paper changing hands and stuff that we've got now. I just find the whole premise of acupuncture to be so fascinating anyway. The idea that you have energy in your body that gets blocked and I just find, I don't know, I think, I think that we have lost a lot of wisdom from ancient times. And you know, if you have something like MS, you realize that the body is an electrical system. I got myself a cup of coffee here and I'm going to take me a sip. Among other things. You know, if you have a nervous disorder, ah, I'm an you really get a sense for the body's wiring and yeah, how it, how uh, one part of the body can affect the way another part of the body feels. So, yeah, it's an interesting thing to be involved in, and we have uh, one of the reasons that I love my job so much is that you are, you're kind of, you're not in the in the. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. You're not just on the on the front porch of another kind of a system of way of thinking, but you're kind of in the living room. You know, you're not actually where all the action is all the time, but you're close enough to it to where you get to see the people coming and going and be, getting relief and the number of people that come out of one of the one of the doctors' uh, exam rooms feeling so much better than when they went in that's just a that's a wonderful thing to be well i've been reading this uh, book by robertson davies it's called the cunning man that's one of the books that i've been reading for a little while and i just love robertson davies as a novelist but part of the reason why i love his uh, novels is that they have such interesting detours in in various esoteric ideas that he follows and this particular book is about a a person who's a doctor but he basically observes very early on that it's he's kind of doing a combination of almost like a psychotherapy session with a physical session and he thinks that a lot of times you can learn a lot about people through listening to them and actually listening to them because he was saying um, he said that even the word patient means that the person is a sufferer you know that you're suffering something and he said if somebody is able to just talk about their suffering to another person even that is healing and I thought that was so fascinating because one of the things that our current medical state is missing is that listening because the doctors in the way, like if you go to a clinic, they only have like 20 minutes to see you and they can't even form an opinion. Like the last doctor's uh, appointment I had, she basically hardly even talked to me. Um, She just went over all the things that I had written about in my intake form. So it wasn't exploring anything. It was just sort of like I gave her the, the pieces of the puzzle and, and she's got them now. So I all she did was listen to my heart and my lungs and sent me on my way to get more tests of various sort of blood tests and yeah. bone scan tests. And so everything is being done through this like communication by email. and And I feel like this is fine for me now because I'm pretty healthy. But 
you really need to somebody to listen to what is really going on with so when you go to a naturopath or you go to an acupuncturist or all of these people they're they're really listening to what's going on with you and i think that that's part of the the first threshold into healing is basically my thought i'm agreeing with you that's me agreeing with you Diane. i've gotten a lot of relief from people who listen yeah, yeah. it's true you got to be able to get it out of you not only uh, out of you in a physical way but in an emotional way because all of it's all attached because if you can't heal the emotional part of things then that brings the physical part back the, then the relief you get on the physical part is only temporary yeah back in the back in the day they used to think that there were different humors in your body yeah. you know the black bile that caused melancholy or the blood that made you sanguine and maybe you need to get bled maybe that's what you need no, I don't need to get bled. No? <laughs> I need to get acupuncture. Right. When's your next session? Uh, next Friday. Oh. Yeah. He said that it would take about eight treatments to... Yeah. He said it's a difficult thing to deal with. And um, yeah. and there's I think a lot... Of, there's not a lot of meat in your yeah. wrist to, to work in, so... But, but he's putting needles in the top of your head, probably other parts of you too. Yep. He's, it's, the hardest part of it was in the, the fleshy part of the thumb. Huh. He put in two needles in there, and that's the one that pinched the most. And he told me it would. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it just feels like, it's just a, like a seconds that you feel it, anything. The rest of them I don't even feel when he puts them in. So he's just kind of he's just feeling kind of tap on you. Yeah, just yeah. a little tap. Well, they're so thin. The needles are so thin. Anyway, I just find it so fascinating, though the whole, I don't know. All the different concepts of the human body, all the different ways that we see it, and I think that the reason why I don't fit into the the normal. Uh, stream of where we are in health with allopathic medicine is because I don't believe the same things about the body that they believe. It's almost like, oh, everything is separate. Like there's a, there's a, you have a problem with your arm. It's all in your arm. You know, you don't have any situations that the whole body is concerned and one of the things that was interesting is he was talking to me about the different lines of the meridians that that I, he'd be working on. He'd be saying, I'm going to be working on lung one. And, you know, there's all of these different meridians that are associated with an organ of the body and, and that they are all part of the flow of energy through your body. I just find that fascinating and far more uh, to my to my concept of how the body works than just thinking your arm is your arm, yours is your arm, and it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of your body. Yeah. Especially after I got, uh, had been hit by the car in that accident, 
the very first thing I felt was like my body was rejecting my leg, almost like treating it like a leper, you know? So, and that was a very real feeling. So the very first thing I asked was whether my naturopath could uh, give me a, a massage to reconnect the the leg to the body and that I think and I was I was I said am I too bruised and beaten for you to do that and she said no I think it's a good idea she just was very ginger in the way she did it but but I think that had a lot to do with how I healed and what I all the things I chose in how I was going to process this in my body. Anyway. Other than that, I I think we could just talk about the music because I well, find Well, wait a second. Oh, okay. Um, well, you know. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. You just uh, seemed like you were kind of... Oh, yeah, well... Yeah, you, know, boy. Here for a second. That's good coffee. Because, you know... A good conversation with the big guy, the Rocks Boys, Matt. I mean, it's, things are happening there. I'm going to be heading out, you know. You uh, are. Yeah, we're not going to, because there's not even going to be a show next week. There so. will not be. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to be heading over to Spokane on Wednesday. To a place even hotter than here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Except Alan, keep, his, his house is very cool. Which is a which is a lovely thing, and uh, so there's a good good place to retreat to, and he's got a big house, and he's got great property, and there's a creek to go sit in if we get too warm. I don't know. I, it's like a I feel like it's a spa where Alan lives. He calls it the confluence, and uh, I'm just gonna hang out there. Got no big plans for doing any kind of special things except I'm gonna be I'm gonna be talking with Johnny. Talking with Johnny Ritchie, who's twenty four, twenty five, and is a excellent musician and wants to work with me on taking some of the old manhood stuff and making some noise with it. I don't know. It's a it's an area that I'm very tentative about, not in terms of what my contribution would be, but in terms of thinking that a 25-year-old kid could be interested in that, you know. But we're going to talk, so. Anyway. And writing is going well, I would have to say. And so that's a good thing. And I'm, I cling to these good things, Diane, because there's, there's some unpleasant stuff that goes on, too. I'd say life is good. I'm a happy guy. Happy camper. Happy to be right here, right now. And right now. And now, too. So, moment to moment, it's kind of like that, which is groovy. And, you know, makes you want to go. So, why not? Let's, <laughs> let's do some of that. Eight minutes and 46 seconds of happiness, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So do you, did you, what do you want to say about the music? Well, I just, I just want to say that I think we are really fortunate that we have the, uh, the wonderful recordings 
that are even from the 1930s that actually sound good, you know? Yeah. Because... Uh, well, it's not that the recordings didn't sound good. It's just that the equipment that we had to play back on... Yeah, was, that's was what not, I was meant. ...was not as good, yeah. has improved, so... The information was always there. It's just a matter of being able to bring it out. But I guess what I wanted to say is that my parents were um, were young when Benny Goodman and um, and the big band era was occurring and and swing dancing and all of that. And they used to go out to a place uh, in Oregon called Jansen Beach and they used to have these big bands and uh, so my parents were the ones who introduced us to all of those big band era folks and I you know I loved my parents and really respected them and loved what they loved and I I never thought it sounded like old people's music I just thought wow listen to this this is incredible it had energy, and, and when you think about the, the energy of young people that is just represented by different ways and means throughout the generations, but I just thought the big band era was swinging, man. Yep, that's Smoking. why they called it swing. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't the, isn't the song we're going to play called Sing, Sing, Sing? Or it's called, like called Sing, Sing, Sing. And everybody's heard it. You all know it. Uh, it's in your body somewhere. And uh, so if it resonates with you, we're happy. It's from 1936. 1936, Benny Goodman. With Gene Krupa, Krupa. and Gene Krupa drums. And it's a, it's a swinging, swinging situation. Harry James on trumpet. Harry James. Is one of the ones. Okay. The ones of the, you know, I read through all the, the people who were in it, but I didn't know all the names, but I knew Gene Krupa and... And Harry James. Yeah. And Benny. Of course, Benny. Well, Mr. of course, Mr. Benny. It's Mr. His, Mr. Mr. his orchestra. That's right. 